Hello, this is Hilary Robertson. Welcome to the latest episode of Harmonious World. And I am joined today by Lisa Regan, who, together with her musical partner, Suzanne Jackson, makes up Shunya. And I'm talking about their self-titled latest album, which is out now. I started this podcast with the opening of Alleluia, and I hope you enjoy our conversation and listening to some more of Shunya's music. Hi, Lisa. Hey. So tell me about the new album. You've obviously had others out before, but but talk to me about this new album because I've listened to it and it's it's gorgeous. It's very interesting and it seems very for our time. Oh, fantastic. I love that you said for our time. That's great. Um, well, as you can tell, it's it's a group of chants, mantras. And we also, you know, we put one Rumi poem on there and then we did an Alleluia chant, which of course is a more universally known chant. So we, Suzanne and I have been colleagues and friends. We were actually at the University of Maryland together, did our master's degrees and joined the Washington National Opera in the same year. And it was so been such an incredible journey with her because she's been my you know my colleague and my friend and also she's created yoga for singers and so she made these beautiful dvds and i composed the soundtracks for those so we've talked about you know our our uh, philosophy of life and uh, our spirituality and about yoga and about meditating and and I think also being artists, you know, we were very drawn, both very drawn to chant from the very beginning, but we didn't really do it together. We just kind of did it on our own, and and then we did this collaborative thing. So when it wasn't that long ago, we uh, I guess 2015, we were we were somewhere and we were chanting. Um, we actually were doing an om at a. We went to a spa. We were in the <laughs> steam room. <laughs> We said, it would be so cool to do Omen here. So we did. And then we said, wow, it would be really fun to do an, an album together because our voices sound very good together. And we've always known that we've, but we've usually been singing, you know, classical music. So we first started, we did Ascend in 2016 and loved doing that and just thought it'd be fun to do another chant album and do some of the other chants, the mantras that we love that we couldn't put on the first one. So that was just kind of our journey. Uh, it, it seemed very natural that we just ended up doing um, a chanting albums together, actually. Yes. And so tell me when it was recorded. Well, our first album together as Shunya was recorded in 2016. And that a name of that album is Ascend. And then this album was just released uh, in January, the Shunya album. So the name of our band is Shunya and we decided to self-title it because it's a great word and it has a wonderful meaning. We just couldn't think of a better name. We went round and round and round a hundred times. We finally said, let's just call it Shunya. <laughs> it's pretty, uh, it means it's, it's the zero point. So when you meditate, if you can get your mind really still and quiet, where there's just even a second of no thought, that is Shunya. So it's someplace for me personally that I've tried to get to through meditation, through um, just 
becoming aware of how overly active my mind is just being aware of that. I've, I've worked on that a long time because I have a really, I'm a big overthinker. <laughs> I'm proud too. of that. <laughs> I'm proud of it. <laughs> no. It's not good, but anyway. No, uh, somebody once said that to me, a, a medical, uh, you know, a consultant, he just, he just said, you know, you overthink it. And I, and I said, well, better that really than just ignoring everything, surely. But I don't know. I, you know, I grew up that way. It was my natural state. I was naturally curious and I wanted to know about everything and I questioned everything and I researched everything and I just came out a naturally overthinker. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I just think that we can't let the mind run away with us. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Cause then that's, okay. then that's a different experience, isn't it? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so, right. so, so, so the, therefore the name Chunya, we thought would be, um, uh, you know, relative and something that we both were working towards all the time. Okay, brilliant. And did you record the tracks during lockdown or, or do they go back? No, they went back, actually. Uh, we started putting the album, we started writing in October of 2018. And we completed it in about October of 2019. And then, then there's a matter, you know, of mixing it and getting it sort of all together, getting the artwork and everything together. We really thought we were going to release it early 2020. And then... <laughs> you know, what happened. So we just made a decision, you know what, we'll just release a few songs at a time. So the one, um, the first song that we released is A Call. And the reason we released that is it is a prayer for the dead. And it seemed so poignant given the situation. It was like, right when we were hearing about all the people in Italy dying from COVID and we're first just learning about it. And, you know, the people are standing outside or in their balconies and singing, you know, and I'm sitting here in my living room crying because we're like, what are we going to do? I mean, it's just so scary and horrible. And then we thought, you know, we can release this one song because it, it, it is for this very thing. And it's very beautiful. It may be very comforting to people. So, so that's kind of how we did it. We just started releasing singles, you know, and, um, then we released Breeze at Dawn, and then we released Asare uh, Sasa, and we, did a, we were able to shoot a video with a group of people, miraculously, in August of 2020, which was not so easy <laughs> to coordinate a video shoot uh, in the middle of COVID, but some, we, we were able to do it. And it turned out to be such a beautiful and a magnificent experience for us. For Suzanne and I, definitely, but also the musicians and the dancers that came. We, we recorded at a, a private farm in Pennsylvania. So they came down from New York and they were so happy to be out of their apartments. Yeah. And they were just so thrilled. One of the dancers, she, she started crying. She said, I can't tell you how, how grateful I am to be just dancing in front of people instead of my Zoom friends. Right? Yeah, right. Huge. So, yeah. 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 Uh, the, so it ended up being sort of this different experience than you would normally have, but so precious. And we shot it all in one day and I think it turned out great. So then that was the next uh, song that we released. 
Then we release the Alleluia in um, around Christmas time, which of course is the uh, you know Latin chant. And then we we did the twenty third Psalm. We sang that in Latin, uh, sort of in the middle of the Alleluia. Very, I'd say. It's not Gregorian chant, but it's a Gregorian chant inspired in the, in the harmonic structure. Yeah, yes, yeah. It, and and that's almost like you're tipping your hat to the classical, yes, experience that you talked about before. Yeah, yes, for sure. So, can you talk to me about the uh, collaborations that you did on this album? Because a couple of the tracks have other people involved who are oh yeah, um, lots of other people. You know, well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, Jamshid, our producer, is uh, very connected to many great musicians. And he knows a lot of wonderful world musicians that play, you know, uh, instruments of antiquity that you don't normally hear, you know, Persian instruments, a lot of them, and they have <clears throat> unusual sounds and I think makes the album have a bit of a world music sound and a kind of an ancient sound. So in his arranging, we all, Jamshid and Suzanne and I all wrote the songs, but Jamshid did the arranging and he, you know, he would always run it by us. We say, I think it'd be so beautiful if we had some play, one play the Duke here. And, you know, Hassan plays the Sintir. And we think, he said, I think this would sound really great, add beautiful textures to this piece. And so his arranging is really what brought in the collaboration of those different musicians, the harpists. Uh, and then we had a whole string section, which is very unusual for a Kirtan album. But uh, and again, that was his idea, but it was a really good one. So he, so he, he, he pulled all of that together for us. Yeah. So you mentioned um, Hassan Hakmoun. He's quite well known in in other spheres, isn't he? Yes, you he know, is. world music, especially. <clears throat> yes, he is. Um, so uh, Rumi's poems. Yes. These are obviously an inspiration. So how did you get into those? Well, uh, for for me, Rumi has been in my life a long time. My first yoga teacher gave me a book of Rumi's poems. I was probably in my twenties, mid twenties. And she said to me, she said, you need to read this and don't go back to sleep. She <laughs> put the book, like hit me here with it. And I was like, what does that mean? Don't go back to sleep. And what it meant was that the poetry for her and I, and for myself too, the, Rumi talks about living in the spiritual realm you know, living in um, that place of magic, living in the place where where uh, miracles can happen, right? And that that's our souls and that's our true essence. That's really who we are. And we can be distracted by the world, especially now. Can you imagine? He was writing this seven centuries ago. <laughs> you know, we can be distracted. But what, what really is our truth, our essence is constant. And so we chose Breeze at Dawn because that was one of the first poems that I that I read and I loved and I got it when he says, the doors are round and open, don't go back to sleep. And, and he talks about where the two worlds touch, that would be the spiritual world and the physical world, right? And we thought it would be cool to put a Rumi poem on there. And also Jam, she felt very connected to this poet. So that's just kind of how it happened. 
I love that track actually, and that that repetition of "Don't go back to sleep, don't go back to yeah. sleep," because that's Beautiful. good, isn't it? Is the is that's the mantra in that yes. song, right? Yeah, <laughs> because we can't, you know, we can be so hypnotized by and and definitely distracted by the world all the time yeah. if we want to be and worry all the time if we want to worry, but there's a choice of not living that way. Yeah. So um, can you tell me a bit about your background and, you know, where you where you came from? So you mentioned about your, you know, being at university, doing a master's. So how did you get into singing in the first place? Well, I actually started out as a pianist. I started playing piano when I was three, but I didn't really have lessons until I was like four or five, something like that. But I studied with my the choir teacher at the school. And then my mother took me to the university that had a music preparatory school for very young kids and would work all the way up through high school. So I started studying there. And then I got with a really good teacher, the Dean of the music school, actually, Dr. Clarence Berg. I got to study with him starting at around age seven. So I had classical piano training that was really the real McCoy. <laughs> and I'm so grateful for that because it gave me such a foundation for music, you know, for technique, but also understanding the theory of music. Um, and just, I feel like I've got the language, you know, that I know what I'm, what I'm looking at, what I'm hearing. And so I loved classical music growing up. I listened to symphonies and that was sort of my world. And, but I always sang in the choir at the church. And then when I was about 14, I 15, I guess, I, I went ahead and started studying classical singing because at the university prep school that where I was going for my training, there was a very famous voice teacher there. And I just thought, well, that'd be so cool if I could get in with her. So I auditioned for her and I got in. So I got to study with her while I was in high school. So then when I got out of high school, I, I went to school there and did my mass. I mean, I did my undergraduate degree in voice and piano, but I really, I felt I was always, I kind of felt that I was a pianist, you know? And then as life went on, I started singing. I started getting hired as a singer. And then when I got to, after uh, my, my undergraduate degree is really when I started taking voice seriously, studied with a great teacher in Washington, DC, and she's the one that told me I should audition for the opera. And then when I got in the opera, then I was really in that world, right? So that's yeah. when I, I started working very hard on all the arias and operas and really like power singing. <laughs> so that was, so I just kind of like evolved into it in a way, but I'd always loved to write music and had done that pretty much on my own since I was young, just for fun you know, cause I heard melodies in my head and I thought it'd be fun to write them down on the piano and just for my own entertainment or therapy or solace. Ah, oh, that's interesting. And I, I do think it's interesting that you found Suzanne because your voices just go together so beautifully. Yeah, it, it was, you know, that's, that's so funny because we talked about this in grad school. We'd always, you know, we'd sing little duets and like the Lakme duet, or we were we were cast together in an opera or a scene or whatever, but we never really sung in this type of way together. 
until I guess it was like really 2015. And then we started singing. We'd done a few chants together just quickly, like backstage at the opera, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we thought the same thing. When we started singing together, we're like, wow, our voices really, really sound good together. And Thomas Barkey, he was the producer of Ascend. He said it so, so succinctly. He said, you know, she has something you don't have and you have something she doesn't have. And it's very true. When we sing individually, you can hear it. But then when it comes together, it's like there's, it's one voice. It's fascinating. Yes. yes. And that's, I think that's the crucial thing that it, it sounds like one voice doing the different lines and, you know, which is impossible. I know. <laughs> but it's because it's not like, it's not that you sound the same, but they go oh. together so no, we beautifully. Don't, we don't sound the same. But so when we, when we sing individually, you can really hear that. Like my timbre is different than hers. And, but it's, something crazy happens when we sing together. And yes. we, we don't even understand it ourselves, but we love doing it. And we love that. We love the experience of it. And then we love the sound of it, you know? So yes. that's why we said we should do another album. You yeah. Know, that was part of it. It's like, well, we can't stop there. Let's do something else. Absolutely. <laughs> right. So we're hopefully moving out of, you know, the various lockdowns and, you know, where everything stopped. We pray. Um, what does the future hold musically for you? Well, I mean, it's our great hope that we can perform um, with some of these amazing musicians that are on our album. That would be awesome. And, you know, at festivals, um, there's some wonderful festivals all over the world. Um, you know, the Shakti Fest or the Satnam Fest. Anyway, they're everywhere. Very popular also in Europe. And we would love to go perform for these festivals. And this friend of mine, who actually is a poet who lives in Ireland, she wrote to me the other day, she said, you should be performing at the sacred sites in England. And she sent me these gorgeous pictures of Glastonbury. <laughs> well, that would be a dream come true. I would love to do that. We would love to do that. So as soon as things open, that's our dream to go. And, and then of course, when you're singing Kirtan, it's so wonderful because you're singing with the audiences, you're all singing together, you yes. know, group singing. So we would be doing some performing, but also is we're participating with the audience and sharing it. And I mean, what would be better than that? I can't exactly. think of anything better than that it would be glorious. Yeah, indeed. So I hope, I pray that we are out of the lockdown soon in the world. Yes. So badly we need each other. We do. Right. We need to be able to meet face to face and I know. talk and, and share, you know, sit and have a cup of tea or coffee together. Absolutely. And I, I said, um, I guess I was looking at something like the, the Blueberry Festival, some town, I think in Virginia. I said, oh, I'd give anything to go to the Blueberry Festival. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even care who's performing. I don't care. It, it would even matter. It could be some, I'm sure it's a bluegrass group or something being Virginia, but that'd be so fun, right? 
Yes, I would, and I, I would almost listen to any any live music at this point. <laughs> well, yeah, and actually, I think that for quite a lot of it, I mean, certainly for myself, I've listened to different music that I probably wouldn't have listened to ordinarily, because right. you know you tend to go to things that are familiar and you know things that are then recommended by other people that you know, sure. you know. So oh, yeah. I've listened to lots of new stuff. And I'm hopeful that there will be more of that and more ability to do that live. And I think there will be more smaller festivals. I do too. I agree with you because just the, the natural reaction I had to the Blueberry Festival, I think that's what it was called, but any, or Strawberry or something. It, it, it's a very tiny little venue and uh, fest, I mean, it's not big, but it just sounded so quaint and darling to me. Like, you know, something you see on Downton Abbey or something. I was just, <laughs> I, I thought, oh, please let that be something I can go to. And normally I don't think I'd be so excited. But so I think the smaller venues are going to be very appealing. Yeah. Because it's just going to be community and communion that's going to be the, the thing we're yearning for. Yes. I think as humans, right? I'm sure I, we're all feeling it. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining thank me, Lisa. Much. That was fantastic. It's wonderful to talk to you, and uh, I'm so happy you enjoy the album. We loved making it. We would love to sing it all over the world and share with people and have people be singing back to us. That'd be just the greatest thing. Absolutely. So nice to meet you. And you too. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Lisa. I'm going to finish with an extract from the track Sare Sasa, which was actually released as a single in October. Meanwhile, thank you for joining me once more on Harmonious World. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And I'd love it if you could either leave a review or find me on social media and let me know what you think. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Harmonious World. My name is Hilary Seabrook and it's a great delight to bring this series of discussions with musicians and composers and writers and all sorts of people to you. Obviously, there's no point in having a podcast if people aren't listening and I'm very grateful to my listeners for doing so. Thanks also to Joe English for composing and performing this new theme tune. So wherever you get your podcast, you can leave a review. You can share this with your friends and family, either as a link or on social media and that sort of thing. I'd be really grateful for that. Don't forget that you can subscribe now. There's a link wherever you get your podcasts. So have a great week. And please remember why I started this, which is just to try and make the world a little more harmonious. Thanks for listening to Harmonious World.